Well, it, at least the Mariners scored this time, but break out the copium because it's time for another post-loss episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. May the 4th be with you. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by BlueNile.com. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On sports listeners get $50 off 500. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidding Gonzalez, reporter and editor at AllSeahawks.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patno. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez as D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. The Force was not with the Mariners this series or really this road trip whatsoever. They go 24 and a third innings without scoring a run down in Houston before Eugenio Suarez, who's arguably had the worst road trip of all Mariners hitters, ended the drought with a two-run bomb off Justin Verlander in the seventh inning today. We're going to discuss if there should be repercussions for the Mariners' recent woes and look at what's ahead in the month of May. But let's look back at today's game to start things off here. Some silver linings from this one, if there were any. J.P. Crawford got a pair of hits in his first game back in the three-hole. Julio Rodriguez got a hit off Justin Verlander and didn't strike out after being absolutely overwhelmed by Verlander the last time he saw him. In fact, the Mariners only struck out three times against Verlander and had quite a bit of hard hit or hard contact off of him. Wyatt Mills looks solid in a couple innings of work, one earned run and a strikeout for him. Pim Murphy was great, striking out four in his two innings. But I think we need to start here with uh, Matt Brash, who only goes three innings in this one. He gives up four earned runs. He walks four. It, I, I would assume at this point that by the next time we get to his spot in the rotation, it's going to be someone else taking the bump for the Mariners, right? Yeah, it almost has to be. Um, you know, Brash, he um, was pretty good in the first inning, got some bad luck, some bad umpiring. But, you know, by the second inning, he was missing badly with his fastball, over relied on the slider. Um, and it's just it's too many starts in a row where this is it's it's become a trend. It's no longer a you mm-hmm. can write it off and, and it's a small sample. It's it's still a small sample in, in theory, but it's become a trend now where he just doesn't have any kind of control or command of any of his pitches right now. And it doesn't matter how good your stuff is if you're behind three one. Um, you're in trouble. And, and today he walked four guys in, in three innings. Um, it was, you know, it was bad. And, and he kind of bailed out uh, in the third with a double play ball. It was just, it wasn't competitive. And, you know, unfortunately for Matt Brash, this is becoming the way. So uh, changes need to be made. George Kirby made his last start on May 1st, I believe. So that's something to keep an eye on. He is fairly in line there. Uh, with uh, Brash's spot in the rotation. Not sure where Levi Stout is, uh, but I would assume that it's either one of those guys that the Mariners would go to if there is a change that's made, uh, especially because they they did send down Justice Sheffield. They do have to wait 10 days to call him back up. Um, I 
believe Nick Margavage is throwing down in, in AAA right now, but uh, I'm not sure if he is capable of going multiple innings for the Mariners right now. So, yeah, options are vastly limited for the Mariners at the moment. And um, we'll, we'll see how they want to approach that. And, and that's one of the reasons that I think maybe we actually do end up seeing Brash at least one more time through the rotation. But like you said, it's getting to a point now where it's clearly, you know, he's just he's non-competitive right now. Right. Um, the the control is frankly 25 to 30 grade at best. Um, and that's not even trying to be harsh about it. That's just what it is. That's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, it's it's awful. It's not going to be able to get him through any sort of uh, long stretch in the game. Uh, he's not going to be able to give uh, the Mariners multiple innings. Uh, you're going to just see these kinds of starts over and over again, and especially going up against good lineups like the Astros. That's just not going to work. That's not going to play. And yeah, it's still very early in the season. Uh, it's still very, 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 very early in Matt Brash's career. But where the Mariners want to go this year even at this point, even this early in the season, they cannot be wasting starts like this. Um, they cannot be wasting games like this. So they they cannot be relying on someone like Matt Brash to find his control out of nowhere and give them five, six, seven innings. Because you made a good point on Twitter today that it's not only um, you know potentially hurting Matt Brash, it's also <laughs> hurting your bullpen because you are right. taxing your bullpen by letting him start every fifth day. And you are running the risk that you're going to have to go deep into your bullpen from the get-go. And right. so that's just getting yourself at a disadvantageous place and doing that. And I think at this point, um, they need to consider you know other options. And yeah, the other options are also young, inexperienced guys who've never pitched at the big league level. And that's pretty scary. And this is exactly why we saw Jerry DePoto and, and company aggressively pursue the likes of Frankie Montes this offseason, even after they got Robbie Ray. And uh, I'm not sure if a, a trade is possible right now. So it seems like they're probably going to have to go with uh, with Kirby or Stout. Do you think there's any hope for Kirby to fare a little bit better than Brash here? Uh, he's going to be more competitive, that's for sure. We know he's going to throw strikes, which is half the battle. Um, Stuff-wise, not going to be as good. Uh, that's not really a, a knock on Kirby. Um, it just speaks to how good Brash's raw stuff is. Uh, but he's going to throw strikes. He's going to be in the zone. He knows how to pitch. Um, it's it's a very clean delivery. It's it's easy. It's repeatable. Um, and right now, that's really all you need is, is somebody who can – who can throw strikes, um, you know, keep you in the game because Brash isn't even giving you that. So Kirby coming in, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, he's majorly quality, at least. Um, I don't expect him to come in and be as good as he's going to be um, a few years down the line. There's still some things to work on, like uh, some of his off-speed stuff. Uh, you know, still can occasionally flatten out. It's, it's not always as sharp as you want it to be. Uh, but he kind of uh, understands his, how to pitch. He understands his game plan. Uh, he makes adjustments off of it, um, and he does have the fastball. And he's going to be able he's going to be able to spot the fastball where he wants it most of the time. He's out there, and that's you know more than we can say for Matt Brash right now. So uh, if Brash doesn't even have one pitch that you feel like is he can throw for a strike whenever he wants. For Kirby, he's going to have at least one on a day to day basis, and usually two and sometimes three. Um, and that should be more than enough to uh, to compete at the big league level and, and 
Uh, he's ready. The stuff is good enough. The control of the command is good enough. Like I said, I, I just I wouldn't expect him to come up and be, you know, whatever you think his ceiling is. He's not going to hit that this year, but uh, he's going to come up and he's going to be a quality major league starter. And and you know who knows? Maybe it's maybe he's Logan Gilbert last year, or maybe he's a little bit better than that. Uh, he certainly uh, has that type of upside. So on the flip side with this offense, it is getting increasingly more difficult to watch this lineup go to work for nine innings at a time, quite frankly. Does someone deserve the blame? Is there any one particular entity that deserves the blame? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of La Mariners is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring, classic diamond set earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pennants, and so much more. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on sports listeners get $50 off 500 this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. It's pretty convenient if you're like me and live a thousand plus miles away from mom. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. There are recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local ex- experts and including myself taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So I was reading through our comments on yesterday's episode, and there were quite a few comments saying, the Mariners should fire Scott Service. Or is there someone to blame here? Is it the hitting coach? Who should be held up to a higher standard here in this situation for these struggles that the Mariners are experiencing? Colby, you and I talk about this every once in a while because this conversation tends to come up here and there throughout the course of a season whenever a team, no matter the team, really. I I believe the fan of each and every fan base of all 30 MLB teams at one point or another throughout the course of a season complains about their hitting coach or their pitching coach or what have you and demands that they be fired. So I'll ask you this. With these struggles that the Mariners have had on both of these road trips that they've had now, but particularly this one, is it time to start pointing the figure finger at someone in the coaching staff? And does there, does anyone deserve to have uh, repercussions for what's going on? No. Yeah. Um, ultimately this lands on the players. Uh, the players aren't hitting and there's nothing that, you know, Scott service can really do about that. It's, Guys have to hit. Guys have to make the adjustments. They can make suggestions. They can ask them to try some things. They can move guys around in the order. But ultimately, if you know Adam Frazier is not going to hit, he's not going to hit. And there's really nothing Scott Service can do about that. Um, there's nothing the hitting coach is going to do about that. The hitting coach is the biggest scapegoat in sports. Um, you know, it, it's akin to firing your special teams coordinator uh, when your team goes 0 and 16, 0 and 17. Um, it just it doesn't do much, hardly ever. So unless there is a, a serious issue um, with um, somebody on the staff, and by serious I mean they're purposely teaching the opposite of what you want them to teach, um, then then no, there's no reason to, and, and that's not happening with the Mariners. Uh, it's a very collaborative effort, the coaching staff, so this isn't some rogue hitting coach telling guys to do something wrong. 
Uh, no, it's just the reality of it is, is that the Mariners just start hitting right now. And that's nobody's fault, but the players, um, and you know, reality doesn't care if you believe it. That's just what it is. So it's on the players. The players have to hit better. Nothing, nothing Scott service can really do about it right now. Um, you know, if, if you want to blame anybody who's not a player, I guess you could blame Jerry DePoto um, for not getting some uh, established vets to kind of uh, raise the floor of this offense. I guess you can blame them for that, but uh, you can't really blame the coaching staff. None of this is is their fault. Yeah, um, and there also isn't one specific hitting coach on this particular staff either. It's yeah. Jared DeHart and Tony Armrich are kind of uh, both tag-teaming that position right now. And so, um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good thing that you mentioned that this is a collaborative effort, that this is just kind of, you know, the coaching staff is, is what it is and everyone kind of um, does a little bit of everything in there. And so... Um, you know, it's just it's not one particular entity. There isn't someone that's, you know, uh, you know, there isn't a bad apple spoiling the bunch, if you will. Uh, it's just it's it's on the players, like you said. And really, and it's not even to necessarily blame the players and say that they're doing something wrong or or, or what have you, because a lot of it really is bad luck. I mean, today they had more hard hit balls off of Justin Verlander than the Astros did against the Mariners pitching staff in this game. And that's just, that's kind of been a trend here over the last few games. So they are putting together, you know, pretty good quality at bats for the most part. There are some guys that are obviously striking out and looking completely uncompetitive at, at the plate right now. Uh, but Ultimately, that falls on the players. These are veteran players. No amount of coaching is going to change what they do one way or the other, really. You know, uh, especially, you know, particularly with guys like Jesse Winker or um, A. Eugenio Suarez or Adam Frazier or who have you, right? You know, some of the young guys, sure, I can see coaching coming into play into that discussion. But with the majority of this lineup, you got guys that, that they know what they're doing right, they know what they're doing wrong, and they're just trying to figure it out. Hitting is really hard. Pitching is really hard to pick up in, in today's sport, especially with the dead ball right now. And there are clear <laughs> signs of a dead ball being used. And, uh, and I mean, you, you see it right now with some of the balls that the Mariners have hit in Houston, you know, just dying, just straight up dying. It looks like they're getting quality contact and it's not even going, you know, past the center fielder. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are going into it. That said, this lineup, and I said this yesterday, is too talented for this stuff to keep on happening the way that it's happening at the rate that it's happening. They need to get it together. How they get it together, I don't know. That's why I'm here recording on a podcast and not sitting in the Mariners clubhouse right now. But the uh, the Mariners do need to figure some things out here, and hopefully some home cooking will help alleviate some of these issues that they're uh, that they're dealing with but the point is at the end of the day that no there is no one entity to blame here it's not time to fire scott service after 25 games scott service is a great clubhouse manager and really that's the biggest part to a man manager's job at this point is just building culture and he's fantastic at that and the you know the the bullpen stuff has been better from him. Some of the in-game management stuff has been better from him. It's, it hasn't been perfect, but really what manager is perfect on that front around the league? I mean, again, talking about how, you know, 
every fan base typically feels the same things throughout the course of a season. Every fan base complains about how their manager uses their bullpen, sets the lineup, all that stuff. So yeah, I don't, I'm not going to blame anyone on that coaching staff yet. Um, obviously if results don't come through in the next year or two, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you obviously have to, to change things. You know, that's just the way that the, the business goes. But right now, 25 games in, yeah, they've fallen under 500. But we've also seen some really good things. And we've seen this group of coaches. We've seen just this group of players and men in general be able to come together and create something special. And I'm sure we're going to see that at some point down the road. It's still, you know, the fourth day of May here. We got a long, long long time to go before this season comes to an end. The Mariners, even after all these losses, are only two and a half games out of first place in the AL West right now. Let's, let's take a chill pill right now. It's fine. We're good. Um, the Mariners are going to be okay. Uh, it's just right now, uh, yeah, it's difficult to watch. It sucks. <laughs> the last week of games has been awful. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying otherwise, but uh, no one needs to be fired. And um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be able to uh, get this thing back on track. And we're going to be looking at the uh, the schedule for the Mariners, um, their upcoming schedule over the next week now that they're going back to Seattle, which is really nice. But this month of May is uh, pretty brutal, and uh, the Mariners are not in a great position right now to survive that if uh, they struggle even more down the line here. So, uh we're going to look at that and uh, talk all about it and kind of doom with you guys in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Just throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. So no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Most Built Bars are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So the month of May, we talked about it last month when we previewed the month of April that the month of May was going to be a gauntlet for the Mariners, and it's certainly lining up to be that. They're obviously off to a really bad start to the month here, just one and three to start things off. Here's how the rest of the schedule is lining up. The Mariners are going back home Uh, Starting tomorrow with a four-game set against the Tampa Bay Rays. So hopefully, maybe they'll have a chance to get some revenge here on the Rays, who uh, they lost the Series 2 back in Tampa last week. They're also going to see the Phillies. Bryce Harper and and the boys uh, are coming to Seattle. And then it's on the road for a... Ooh, (laughs) this road trip is scary, man. Got the Red Hot Mets. Got the Blue Jays, who are amazing right now and uh the red Sox for a four game set in fenway and it always there's always something weird that happens in fenway for the mariners so 
expect craziness to ensue uh, when when they get there on the 19th. Then it's back home for a three-game set with the A's, three-game set with the Astros, and then they go back on the road to Baltimore and play one of those games that they're going to play with the Orioles at the end of this month. But Colby, I mean, um, yeah, you know, what, what's a... What would be a best case scenario here for the Mariners? Like staying realistic, yeah. staying as realistic and as objective as possible here. What do you think is a best case scenario? Uh, probably around 500, I would say. Um, the big issue here with the schedule as it's set up right now is that there are two very long stretches where the Mariners uh, don't get a day off. Uh, we're looking. Their last day off was the 26th. They don't get it the next one until next Thursday. Uh, so we're talking about basically three straight weeks, and then they go on the road again. They get a day off on that Thursday, and then they go on the road again for another 10 days before coming back home to play three game series against the A's before their next day off. So we're talking about two days off in about a 30 day stretch. Um, against some really quality teams, that that's a very difficult, uh, difficult thing to overcome. And hey, what do you know? After that second day off, they play, you have a three game set against the Astros. So um, it's it's going to be difficult, man. They have to uh, they just have to find a way to keep their head above water. Um, they could they could finish above five hundred for the month. That would be amazing. Um, anywhere near a thousand, uh, anywhere near five hundred. Um, Anywhere near a thousand would be great, by the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we're not even there. We can't even get there anymore. But um, yeah, it's just you can stay within a game or two of five hundred coming out of this month. Um, you know, in either direction, I think that's a, a really good, uh, really good performance because there's not a gimme on the schedule. Even Oakland's playing pretty good ball right now. Um, and you know, like like we talked about the Mets, it's a lot of this is going to come down to pitching. Uh, you know, matchups because we don't know when or if the Mariners bats are going to rebound. Uh, and hey, you know what? They get a they get a great start tomorrow because it'll be Robbie Ray versus Shane McClanahan. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, uh, the, the offense doesn't get any breaks here. Uh, Shane McClanahan was my uh preseason pick for AL Cy Young Award. Um, so yeah, he has been filthy to start the year. He is just absolutely nasty coming off of the left side. Um, do you think some home cooking will do the Mariners good though? Because they went seven to two the last time they were at T-Mobile, the Electric Factory, and, as it's being called now, as uh, Jesse Winker coined. What do you think? And you, I hope so. I hope yeah. so because they they really need it. Um, yeah, you know, again, it's it's going to come down to the pitching matchups a little bit. It's a little too soon to project who what's gonna who's going to start in Philly. Um, but obviously there's some quality pitchers in that staff, uh, Wheeler and Nola knowing mm. the Mariners luck, it's probably going to be Wheeler, Nola. And, and, uh, I think Eflin is their number three it could be Gibson. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, or maybe it's Ranger Suarez. Who's also off to a nice start. So either way, they're going to, they're going to get the three best guys that the Phillies have to throw it because that's the way it's working right now. So, um, yeah, it just, you hope so the offense certainly looked better at home. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell if it was because they were home or if it's just because they happen to be hot or maybe it was just because they were facing some really bad pitching staffs. Um, mm. But uh, we'll see, man. It's Like I said, it's it's far too early to sit here and uh, say objectively the offense is going to be terrible all year. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, is it fair to say it was terrible on the road trip? Yeah, absolutely fair. Um, but does that mean it's going to be, you know, throughout the rest of the, uh, the rest of the year? No. And I mean, there were still some, I mean, the Mariners put up eight runs, six runs, seven runs, uh, you know, in a, in a five day stretch. So six day stretch. Yeah. And they, they just got a little bit unlucky in Houston and, and some really bad at bats, but Hey, you know what? Kyle Lewis, uh, on his way back, make getting the start in left field tonight after, you know, announcing his presence with authority as the DH last night, yeah. he should help hopefully. Um, and you know, he went we'll three for what, five last night. It's very yeah, impressive. 460 foot home run. Yep. Um, and hey, you know what? By the way, not for nothing, Abraham Toro looked uh, pretty good in this series. He had some very nice at bats. Uh, not a lot to show for it. Um, and uh, even even Kelnick had, had a had a nice. Uh, I'm trying to stay positive here. Kelnick had some good at bats this week. Uh, no, he did. To, he to did. actually Drew be fair, walks, like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, like it Drew was walks, it was a lot better from him. Didn't chase nearly as much. You know, some bad swing decisions on a three-one pitch, and then, you know, yeah. hey, you know, every every hitter has that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I feel like he, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Every time we think he's going to start to turn a corner, he doesn't. But the at bats yeah. were at least better. Like they were at least quality. At, most of his at bats in the series were quality, which mm-hmm. is a step in the right direction for him. And so, see how this all works out. You know, Ty France didn't have a great road trip. Uh, Eugenio Suarez. I can't remember somebody having a worse road trip. He he went four for thirty five, I believe. Even that seems like the home run and the triple, and then like everything mm-hmm. else is like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't I, even. Frankly, like I don't even remember the other two hits. I remember the yeah, triple in Tampa, and I obviously I remember the home run today, but yeah, yeah. he was just just bad. And then yeah. you know again. Frazier and Winker, they just got to get it going, man. I mean, it's 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 go time for those two guys. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. By for the him. way, do you see they they dropped Winker down in the lineup? Clearly, Scott listens yeah. to Lockdown Mariners, and he wow, prefers my yeah. opinion over yours. That's exactly yeah. what we learned today. Yeah, totally. It really worked too. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Winker. Now he didn't go all the way. On my opinion, though, Julio actually no. dropped in the lineup as well, but I'm oh, still Julio, going to take my win here. Julio, uh, by the way, got a hit today. Uh, yep. uh, you know, and his at bats, it's funny because, you know, it, it's again, we're looking for positives here. His at bats today against Verlander versus what, 10 days ago, two weeks ago against Verlander? Yeah. Significantly different. Yeah. So it's still, it's good to see Julio continue to progress a little bit. Still work to be done, but. Pretty impressive for a 21-year-old. And Ty, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you saw the catch last night. He made last night while blowing a bubble. Yeah. Um, Julio Rodriguez is now 94th percentile. Now it's above average in center field. So uh, some positives. Are we, are, are we seeing another Kyle Lewis thing here where we're like, yeah, this guy is definitely not a center fielder. And then he plays and he's like, actually, you know what? It's pretty good out there. He He's already plus three. And now it's above average. There you go. Um yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, if you're telling me like Kyle Kyle Lewis, if it's Kyle Lewis, uh, Julio and and Kelnick, that's actually a very good defensive outfield because mm-hmm. Kelnick's been great in right field. Made another really good. Kelnick's been today. like elite in right field almost. Like he's been 
yeah. stellar. It's yeah. incredible how night and day it's been for mm-hmm. him out there. He's just comfortable out there. And you know, it's it's kind of funny. We I, I at least I remember this. When Lewis came up and he was playing a lot of right field in 2019, that September, mm-hmm. I, I think you and I remember it. We were like, ooh, like there were some <laughs> rough moments uh, for him in right field. Statistically speaking, he was fine. He was a positive defender. I think he was plus two outs above average in, in, in the corner spot in a month. There we so go. <laughs> if, if you know, again, by the way, Kelnick, 84th percentile in outs above average, 96th percentile in outfield jump. Um, so yeah, the Mariners in a couple weeks could have, you know, could have one of the best defensive outfields in baseball, which is not something we saw coming <laughs> even a month ago. So, yeah. uh, we'll see. And, and, you know, hopefully we, well, a key part to that though, is that Kelnick needs to hit to stay on the hit, roster. Yep. So yeah. And again, that, some, some positive signs, you know, 66th yeah. percentile and walk percentage, 68th percentile and barrel percentage. Mm. Um, so, you know, there, there's some signs but yeah, yeah obviously it's the 39% strikeout rate just not going to fly and he has to be better there's no doubt about it but hopefully the at bats we saw this weekend are a sign of things to come but he's probably not starting tomorrow against McClanahan Dylan Moore probably gets to start mm. uh which ooh, but whatever you mean 215 WRC plus Dylan Moore the Dylan Moore who is apparently a better hitter than Jesse Winker as I was told on Twitter the other day yeah, I that saw guy. that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's certainly a take. I find um, your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> random dude. <on laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, the 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 thing here about the Mariners is like like I said earlier, there are some positive signs. I think they'll be okay. That's not to say that this last week has been just absolutely brutal to watch, but. <laughs> I would say that there are definitely better days ahead. And I mean, really, there's only one way to go here, and that's up. Because, uh, frankly, can't get much worse than getting shut out for 24 and a third innings. Uh, yeah, the Mariners were very close to getting shut out in three straight games for the first time in team history. I wonder what the record is. Those, I don't, think about how bad those 2010-ish teams were. 2010, mm. 11, 12. Yeah. And they never got shut out three games in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God yeah. Suarez hit that home run. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully that's yeah. a sign that Suarez is turning things around too, because hopefully, like I said, we, we talk about it. Kalnick's had some better at bats. I think Toro is, is really close here. Toro had a, hard. had a ball hit that he hit today that had a, an expected batting average of eight twenty, And it yeah, was, it was just a fly out to center field. Yeah. Um, it just, dead ball much like obviously yeah. um yeah. he also hit a line drive in his last at bat second to last at bat um toro i think is close but that's i've been saying that for a while now so what do i know <laughs> yeah just feels by, the, like toro- by the way by the way colby we are canceling picks a click we are never doing picks a picks a click on this show ever again because my goodness i think we broke the mariners offense you and i that was your fault it's your idea yeah yeah, I'll take the blame. I ruined the Mariners' offense. Sorry, guys. You can uh, send your hate mail to the uh, the Twitter at below my uh, my face, my bald face. This is this is almost as bad as when you uh, traded a Mariner playoff appearance for that Abraham Toro grand slam. It's right now, up there, man. To, to be fair, though, that was worth it. Was it? 
It was. It was. Was Absolutely. it, Ty? I would do it Guys, again. would you? I would do it again. Leave this down in the comments section down below. Or hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> at LO underscore Mariners. Um, would you rather the Mariners made the playoffs last year? Or would you rather have had the moment where Abraham Toro hit the Grand Slam off the Kindle Graveman? Now, before you vote. Now, now, before you vote, remember. Mm. What is more important in this world? Winning or, or memes? Memes, memes <laughs> right? To me, the answer is pretty clear here. And on that note, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan and please call him Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues president pass. It's free wherever you get your podcast, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow.